Hey, loggers, welcome back to another episode, a little bite-sized episode of the Backlog Breakdown, where today we are tackling what the heck is a Shin Megami Tensei? <laughs> what even is this thing? And um, because I'm a nerd, you know, I want to give some some backstory here so we can understand a little bit. Uh, but the, the whole reason I wanted to talk about this is because I am knee-deep in my playthrough of Shin Megami Tensei 5 for Nintendo Switch. Um, it's funny that this game is released exclusively on Nintendo Switch. Now, Shin Megami Tensei games have been uh, exclusive to Nintendo systems for the past couple entries, but that's it's just funny. Because the thing with the series, okay, this is probably a good a good point to um, bring up here early in the episode. Thing with this series is that they are all rated M, basically. I mean, they they tackle they tackle very heavy topics, and uh, they're you know so it's a dark game. <laughs> it uses some very dark imagery to communicate what it's talking about. And uh, in the things that it does, at times it can be a very brutal type of game as well, uh, both in the punishing difficulty at times, uh, but also just in the way the the, the themes that uh, these games use. And that is from the very beginning, which we will jump into. Uh, so th this this series, Shin Megami Tensei, what the heck is it? Why is this in Japanese? Why isn't it? like translated into English into something that's like understandable at least what the heck is a Shin Megami Tensei as I said rated M so if this is something that you don't uh, enjoy uh, feel free to turn the podcast off I'm, I'll probably give other warnings as well when we kind of dive into it so um, in order to explain this series which only like half the games have made it here to America. Um, it's gaining in popularity. You know, Shin Megami Tensei Five has actually, um, I think it's done pretty well for itself. I mean, it's only been released a few days at this point of recording, um, but still, uh, I know it's doing pretty well. Um, it's at least getting coverage online, which is pretty cool because the, it's it's kind of a niche series, but then one of the spinoff series, Persona, has gotten a lot bigger, and so I think that's drawn some things. So that's another conversation which uh, I might have on this bite-sized. I don't know. I want to keep it bite-sized, so we'll see what happens. So in order to talk about this series, Shin Megami Tensei, um, just throwing it out there, like I said, only like half of them have made it to America. Only uh, These games only started coming over here with Shin Megami Tensei 3, which has just now been re-released, uh, the HD re-release on Switch and PS4 and, and PC, I believe. I believe. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Um but it's that that game is also affectionately termed Nocturne because again it was the first game to come over here and it's the third entry and they didn't want to put a 3 on it so they gave it a subtitle of Nocturne so there you are but in order to actually understand like what is wh why is it called this this Japanese name what what what's the deal with this series we have to go way way back um to the original Nintendo where the first games in the series came out. Um, and these games, Megami Tensei 1 and 2, were based off of a novel series written by uh, a Japanese man by the name of Aya Nishitani. And uh, the idea behind these novels is you've got this uh, this kid 
who's being picked on at school. And, and, and this is like in the 80s, okay? 1980s, uh, you, can, you can think of Japan as well. Um, technology is, is booming. You know, computers are actually becoming something that people use, uh, maybe not on a day-to-day basis in the 80s, but, but they're this new kind of magical thing, right? So this series of novels, uh, it's called Digital Devil Story, <laughs> Megami Tensei, um, they, the, the premise of these books is that you've got this kid in high school, he's being picked on, he's a nerd. And so he writes a computer program because he's a nerd and he knows how to do that. But this computer program, um, basically performs a seance for him. Uh, so instead of actually having to, to, you know, do these things in the physical world, he writes a computer program to run a seance for him. And he is able to summon demons into the world through a computer program. And that's, that's kind of just the, the basis of the story. Of course, stuff hits the fan because you don't mess with that. I mean, it's a freaking terrible idea, but the kid's in high school, so he's a dumb kid anyway. So long, you know, the stuff goes crazy. Demons start running around everywhere. He can't control them because he's just a dumb high school kid. And so in order to uh, basically get things under control, uh, again, long story short, he has to resurrect a goddess. Uh, yeah, I believe it's Izanagi is her name. I could be wrong about that. Um, might be getting her confused with someone else. Um, but th- this, this goddess character needs to be resurrected so that she can bring peace and order and basically like get all these, de- defeat these demons who are running amok in the human realm. And uh, that is that. That's the the book and what the first game is based on. The first game was released on the original Nintendo. The name, uh, so of course, Digital Devil Story. So obviously, you're summoning demons uh, digitally. And Megami Tensei, it it means resurrection of the goddess. So Megami means goddess. Tensei means like resurrection. And so uh, that's the title, you know, Japanese titles are a little different. They work a little different than American titles, but it's basically, you know, it it lays it all out right there. So um, these games are made and they are RPGs, you know, based on the old like wizardry games, pretty primitive RPGs, but it does something really special because as you're going through these dungeons, doing your thing, you are able to negotiate with these demons that you're fighting in order to, to get them on your team. So it's almost like a, a proto Pokemon, if you will, years and years and years before late 80s. OK, you know, more than more than a decade, I believe. No, Pokemon's 97, 96, something like. OK, so I get it. Anyways, considerably earlier than Pokemon started doing the monster collecting thing. Um, this series did it on the original Nintendo. So you've got your Megami Tensei games. They make a sequel that is sort of a sequel to the books. Like it doesn't actually follow. The first game followed the book, the story of the book. Second game on NES uh, makes its own kind of sequel and does its own thing. And then, you know, there, it, there are only a few novels that come out to my understanding. So uh, the, 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 the developer of these games, Atlas, was basically like, well, we've, we've pretty much done what we wanted to do in this series, in this idea, but, but we've got more ideas. We want to take this a little farther. Like we, we enjoy the core of what we're doing. Um, you know, the idea of, of summoning demons and partnering with demons and, uh, basically, you know, chaos happening and having to rein that in, but we've got some, we've got some bigger ideas. And so we want to, uh, we want to branch off, like make our own series 
that is no longer tied to these books. And so uh, they, they, they did this new series by adding the word shin at the beginning. And shin can be translated a number of ways. It could mean new, so new Megami Tensei. Um, it could mean true, as in, you know, realistic, like like the, the real version of it, the best version of it. Um, it. Or it could also mean something like super, you know, uh, because this Shin Megami Tensei series was going to be on the Super Nintendo. And so, uh, or Super Famicom, excuse me, in Japan, you know. Um, and, and so they, they called this series Shin Megami Tensei, sort of like recognizing that, the premise was originally from this novel series while at the same time saying, now we're going to do something totally different. It's actually not related to that. Although we're going to take some of the concepts of, of these ideas of demons and also being able to control them through digital means and things like that. So on super Nintendo, you have Shin Megami Tensei one and two. And uh, that's where these games started. That's, that's, that's the genesis of what a Shin Megami Tensei is. So if you um, happen to go into the fandoms, um, which can be, frankly, they can be kind of toxic, okay? One of the things about these games is they are really difficult. That's j- they, they're they punishing, okay? You're, you're dealing with demons, okay, you're gonna get ground into dust unless you unless you grind <laughs> and, and um, you know, m- make sure that your party is ready for what you're gonna face. And so you think of something like, you know, Dark Souls nowadays. The fandom for that can be also uh, really grating um, b- just because it's a very difficult thing. So so it tends to breed a, a bit of elitism. So if you go online, um, there, there are people who like to really, you know, draw hard lines. Okay, is this a Megami Tensei game or is this a Shin Megami Tensei game? Because there's lots of games that are related to the overall aesthetic the usage of the different demons in the series and in some of the the darker elements of the series as well. And those fall into kind of the broader scope of Megami Tensei, whereas Shin Megami Tensei is generally considered to just be sort of the mainline games. Those Super Nintendo games, those two Super Nintendo games, uh, there's some spinoffs. We'll talk about those in just a second. And then uh, it's continued on the PlayStation 2 with what we now know as Nocturne. And then Shin Megami Tensei 4 came out on uh, 3DS. And then 4 Apocalypse came out later on 3DS as well. And now we have Shin Megami Tensei 5. So that's a nice, simple little breakdown as to what a Shin Megami Tensei is. Now, again, the the, the other warning that, that I have to throw out, we've talked about it already, is that these games are, they center around this idea of summoning and controlling demons. And if that goes against your conscience to play a game like that, I totally understand. Don't play it. (laughs) Okay. If it goes against your conscience, don't play it. Um, These demons are taken. They're basically like folk beasts from different folk tales throughout the world. So you've got a lot of Japanese mythology in there. You have some Greek mythology, some uh, you know, you've got Thor. So what is that? That is Norse mythology. Um, you've got like even like Aboriginal uh, mythology and things like that. So I think it's really cool to actually see, you know, all these different kind of stories interacting with each other. I know there's a lot of Irish mythology uh, for some of the characters as well. And and that's pretty cool to me. Um, it does also pull from like 
Judeo-Christian mysticism as well. And so that's where we get onto somewhat thin ice. Again, if your conscience says, no, uh, you, can't, you can't delve into that, I totally understand. So you're, you're dealing with characters like Lucifer. Um, there is, in fact, there, there are different names for different angels in the Bible and other like mystic Judeo texts. Um, they show up in this game as well. In fact, um, and this is where it gets really like hard <laughs> to to determine, okay, is this okay or is this not okay? Um, they do use the name of of God, of the the one true God, okay? So so the tetragrammaton, Yahweh, um, in scripture. They do use his name. However, the character that is portrayed by that um, particular you know, monster, for lack of a better term, in the games is more akin to uh, Gnostic theology. So um, you totally don't have to go into this, but I just want to give like a little bit of an explanation because um, the Gnostics, um, they're heavily into a separation of the physical. The physical is basically um, a distortion of what is truly spiritual. And so, you know, physical things are evil and the spiritual things are, are, are the good. And so in, in the God to the Gnostics, um, this same God who, again, would be called by the name that God has, has actually given to us in the scripture, um, I, like I even feel bad about saying it and ascribing it to this other character. But basically this character, the, the Gnostics believed that the God of the Old Testament was this, this horrible, like vengeful character um, who ruled over the earth, who... Um, like he had a hand in creating the world and because physical things are evil, he was actually evil in his core. And so he represents throughout the series of games, um, the, the, the law side of things, you know, think of law and chaos, Lucifer being chaos and rebelling against order. Um, and, and this other character, <laughs> um, the, the, I'll call him by his Gnostic name, Yaldabaoth. Uh, this other character representing law. And so you need to follow order. And if you step out of line, you will be absolutely destroyed and crushed under the feet of me and my legions of angels. Um, so again, if this goes against your conscience, like don't play the games because they do take the name of God in vain and give it to this other character. My only, not defense, but explanation, okay, to help you understand is that they are using this character from Gnostic texts. It is, he is not a Christian character. The Gnostics were the ones who claimed to, you know, be Christians in the same way that like Mormons claim to be Christians, yet they, you know, have all this other stuff and, and they take away from uh, the truth. of I mean, they're, they're a cult, okay? So the Gnostic cult took the name of the one true God of the Christian God and have given it to this other character. And so throughout the, throughout the series of Shin Megami Tensei or, or other Mega Ten games, I don't know which ones he shows up in. Um, he is actually more of this Gnostic character. He is not um, a benevolent God <laughs> at all. He is totally um, obsessed with the, uh, that all of creation would worship him. And if they don't, then he is the absolute uh, like destroyer of anyone and anything who would not worship him. 
So that's a little bit on what a Shin Megami Tensei is and why it has this Japanese name. It's because we started getting the games halfway through the series, basically, and why they're even called like true rebirth of the goddess. Like, what does that have to do with anything at all? Well, it really has to do with the first few games that uh, were never brought over here in English. Now, there are tons of spinoff games, um, and the ones that, that I enjoy. And like I said, there were some uh, spinoffs of the originals. There, there's a DS game that's been re-released on 3DS called Strange Journey that was considered to be a mainline game for a while. In fact, there was another uh, Super Famicom game called Shin Megami Tensei If that uh, took place in a high school and and used some of these, these same themes that basically was like a proto persona game because the persona games have have that in there as well and it did so well that you know they started making this other series this other mega 10 series called uh persona and and that has since blown up as well and that does again similar things uh uses the same mythology asks the same sort of questions but on a very personal level it tells a lot of personal stories whereas these shin megami tensei games generally deal with the apocalypse the end of the world wars between uh, law and chaos and you as the character kind of decide which route do you want to follow do you want to be uh, lawful do you want to be chaotic or do you want to be neutral and and say forget you to both of these factions of Lucifer and chaos, and then also have to fight like the angelic pantheon as well in order to take them down um, to fight for kind of a, a neutral path. And, and these games kind of use that theming throughout them. They, they generally have multiple endings as well to them. And, and they ask these questions and they, like I said earlier, they're, they're brutal in their difficulty. That's one thing <laughs> you can count on with the Shin Megami Tensei game. But not only that, they um, tend to step out and ask these macro kind of questions like, how would you repurpose the world? Like, what is the reason for humanity to exist? How should humanity ex exist within itself? Um, and then you get some of the stories of uh, like, it asks these questions and then answers them by showing you the consequences of your actions. So do you really believe that law, you know, conquers all? Because if so, then you're going to have to destroy everyone who disagrees with you. Or do you really believe that might makes right, right? That things should be uh, chaotic and that uh, law is really just holding us back from being the best of who we can become. And if so, then you have to destroy everyone else in order to, you know, you, you grab, you crawl and, and, and grab and bite in order to just get what's yours and the weak will suffer and die. <laughs> and, and so it delves into these different like pictures of what it means to follow these types of ideologies. And yes, it's, it, it's admittedly like extremist in the way that it explains it. Because it's that's kind of the point is it's showing you kind of the outworkings of these different ideas. And it does it in different ways throughout the series. Um, they generally all take place in Tokyo and then stuff hits the fan. Demons are everywhere. And then what are you going to do? How are you going to rebuild the world? How ought humans to live in this? Do, do humans have a right to exist? <laughs> Should it just be these these strange like deities and monsters and things like that? So 
Um, that's just a little bit about what a Shin Megami Tensei is. I was going to get a little bit into the spinoffs, but I think I will uh, maybe do that on a future episode if I'm still playing Shin Megami Tensei Five, which uh, it looks like I will be for a little bit. Um, then I would love to jump back in this. I really enjoy the series for you know a lot of the reasons that I kind of um, explained. It's difficulty. Um, it it is it can be very punishing, but it also is very rewarding. Uh, and and I really enjoy that. Uh, just some of the the hardcore JRPG elements there. I like the questions that it poses. I like the dark atmosphere that it does not pull its punches in terms of story, in terms of people dying, in terms of kind of the horrific things that you see. Um, because it's telling you, like it's it's trying to show you and depict the outworkings of ideology. <laughs> and I think that's really interesting and daring for for video games to do, especially in a very interactive way where you are making the decisions and then you see <laughs> the outworkings of those ideas. So I think this this series is something special. I'm having a great time with Shin Megami Tensei Five. Um, and let's, let's talk about this a little bit more, you know, reach out. We're having a good time in the discord talking a bit about Shin Megami Tensei five. I'm probably going to be playing it for quite a while. Um, it's, it's really got its hooks in me right now, but it seems like a pretty big game and I might go back for some, some multiple endings going on here. I don't know. We shall see. Um, but I think that's enough to end right here for this bite size. Next time I'll be talking about the spinoffs and, and what is a Megaten game, right? I mean, there's so many other, Persona is a Megaten, uh, Devil Summoner, Devil Survivor, um, Raido Kuzunoha, like all these different things that are tied to Shin Megami Tensei. Is Catherine a Shin Megami Tensei game? It's not Shin Megami Tensei. Maybe it's Megami Tensei. Eh, we'll see. Uh, let me do a little research and I'll get back to you. So until then, keep beating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down those benefits. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Hey there, I'm Wes, and I run the Henshin Dab Podcast. If you don't know what that is, well, it's a one-man show where I talk about all the things that you need to know about the tokusatsu genre from Japan. If you've seen shows like Power Rangers and Ultraman, then you've seen tokusatsu. And I just happen to think those types of shows are pretty cool. So come on over and take a listen as I discuss all the current and retro happenings in the genre. You can find it over at anchor.fm forward slash Dad. I'll see you there, and don't forget, Henshin a go-go, baby!